0: Welcome to our channel. As you take your time to listen to God's word today with us, we believe and pray that your faith will be strengthened up and we hope that this sermon will be a blessing to you as well as your family. Father God, we thank you that you are the Lord of our life. You are the Lord who gives us your word and your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Father, this morning we want to thank you for your word that you are going to give to us. We commit it to you and commit ourselves and the time that we are going to reflect on your word that you will undertake for us. You'll take over the situation, our minds, our spirits, and our, our thoughts, Father, that your Holy Spirit will minister to us the way we need him at this time. Bless us and strengthen us through your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now we are going to read the word of God from the Acts of the Apostles. These are 11 verses, but still it's good to go through them. Let me read it for you. The former account I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach, until the day in which he was taken up, after he through the Holy Spirit had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs, being seen by them during 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father which he said, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit, not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? And he said to them, it is not for you to know times or seasons which the father has put in his own authority. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Now when he had spoken these things, while they watched, he was taken up. And a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, Behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, who also said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, who was taken up from you into heaven, will so come in like manner, as you saw him go into heaven. Amen. Now I go back to the question. Is there anything in the Christian calendar or in the church that we observe or celebrate during a whole year. Yes, ascension. You know, the reason for me to ask that question in the first place, expecting to receive the answer after we read the portion, was that ascension is considered an afterthought in the church. I don't know why. There has been some historical reason. But when you come to think of it, God being a God of order, he has done everything beautifully and wonderfully. Now, man fell, and God planned to send Jesus. Jesus came, he lived, and he suffered, and he died. That was the next stage. Thirdly, he rose from the dead. And then normally we jump to the Pentecost after that. We don't think of ascension. But in the word of God, in the scripture, ascension is very, very important. And it is a very significant event that happened. And that's the reason why we should also look at it closely and observe it and even celebrate it because God in Jesus Christ going to heaven is not a small thing because as we are going to see there are many, many implications that matter because of the ascension of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I just want after reading the text, I just want to talk about uh, or reflect on the ascension and to look at the significance of ascension. Now, there are many things that we can talk about you know, when it comes to ascension, but the first thing that we can talk about is ascension signifies Christ's fulfillment of his father's purpose for his life on earth. Ascension signifies Christ's fulfillment of his father's purpose for his life. Now, Jesus did not live very long. You know, he lived for 33 33 years. It was a short life. But then when that was done, you know, he was crucified, he was dead, he was buried, He rose again. But then after that, after 40 days, you know, after his resurrection, he was taken up to heaven. Now, now during that time, he did not keep quiet. He appeared to people, you know, to give strong evidence to his disciples and to the believers that he was Lord who was alive, who had overcome the death. You know, he made the confirmation in the life of the believers so that they'll be strong in their faith about the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's what made them to be strong witnesses, even up to the point of giving their lives for the sake of the Lord Jesus Christ and for the gospel. So he did many things during those 40 days. And in all that, what we can see was that he completed the purpose for which he came. He fulfilled God's will for his life on earth. And when we think of purpose, we are believers. We call ourselves Christians, which means we are Christ in us people you know we are Christ in us people now if you are Christ in us people we will follow Jesus Christ the way he lived we will try to do that the things that he taught we will try to understand and to follow his ways and above all the way he accomplished his purpose in his life as Christians we will also try to do that first of all We know that Jesus had a purpose. The question I would ask each one of us is that, do we know what is the purpose of our life? You know, life can never be completed. Life can never be fulfilled unless a person recognizes or realizes the purpose in his or her life. As a Christian, not as a person of the world, people live on their own for many things. For happiness they live, you know, for money they live, for wealth, for position and all that. You know, for power people live. But what makes a Christian believer different is that he knows the purpose for which God has created him or her. So if you are somebody who is still struggling to know the purpose, I'll tell you. When you seek for it, God is going to give that purpose to you. God is going to reveal that purpose for you. I can give my own example. As a young person being born in a pastor's family, you know, I had everything that was going on like anybody else. I didn't have a purpose. Everyone went to school, I went to school. Everyone went to college, I went to college. Everyone took Part in sports, I also took part in sports and won some medals. And everyone through college, quite a few failed. I also failed. You know, but it was just going with the flow of things. I did not have a goal or a direction. I did not know the purpose God had for me until I met Jesus Christ that turned my life around. That's when I started thinking about my future, not in terms of job, not in terms of my own security and so on, but in terms of what God would want me to be, where God would want me to go. And that was a time I recognized and I saw the purpose of God for my life. And that made all the difference after so many years of missionary work, after so many years of dealing with people, pastoring churches, I can say that, but for that moment, I would not be where I am now. Thank God for that. So what I'm trying to say here is that God has a purpose for each one of you, every one of us here, because God is a God of purpose. And God sent Jesus Christ With a purpose. Now what Jesus did was to accomplish the purpose. He did it because he was obedient to the Father. He was committed to what God wanted him to do. So those two things are important in our lives. We should be committed to the purpose God has put in our lives, in our hearts. And in order to achieve that, we should always listen to, the, to God. Listen to the Holy Spirit. Listen to the word of God. Because we are taught through the Holy Spirit. We are taught through the word of God. The way we have to go. And in every individual situation, every difficult situation, it is the spirit of God that is in us who directs us what we should do what we should not do. For example, there were times when I had to struggle in terms of my job, which way I have to go. You know, I wanted to become a missionary, but there were other openings that were coming, very attractive ones sometimes. But because I had Jesus Christ in me and the Spirit of God was guiding me, and I was open to the guidance of the Holy Spirit, I could say, no. No. This is the way God would want me to go. This is where I would keep to myself. So that's what happened to Jesus. So here we see that ascension signifies Christ's fulfillment of the purpose that God gave to him. And he accomplished it well and went to his father. Now what a beautiful thing for us to be able to say that I know my purpose and I'm seeking to fulfill it and I will do it with the help and grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So that is the first significance. The second one is ascension signifies Christ's return to his father. In John 16, 28, John 16, 28. Jesus makes the declaration about going back to the Father. He says, I came forth from the Father and have come into the world. Again, I leave the world and go on to the Father. In John 13, 1, where you where know, he washed the feet of the disciples, he realized that his hour had come that he should depart from the world to the Father. Again, in John 20:17, Jesus talks to Mary about going to his Father, and he says, Do not cling to me, for I have not ascended to my Father, but go to my brethren and say to them, I am ascending to my Father, your Father, to my God, your God. So going, for him, going back to the father was a very wonderful thing because he had completed the mission that God had given him on earth. And now he was going back. You know, I want to bring in a human illustration here. You know, many of us have come away from homes. You know, and some of us, you know, even went abroad for our higher studies. Let's think of ourselves finishing... You know, some of us who are close to home, we go and come. That's fine. You know, it's, uh, it becomes uh, a routine. For those who could not go, like when I went to Belgium, I was stuck there for several years. So we could not see our father and mother. And then when I came back home and I landed in the airport in Chennai, you know, it was Madras Airport. There was no international uh, uh, port there at the time. There's only one, one uh, domestic, you know. Uh, so, when I came, I looked, I could see people who were outside. And you know, there were also glasses. We could see them from here, and I could identify my mother. And my mother was getting old, so she was with her glasses trying to speak to see if you know, she, I, she could see her, me somewhere. Um, you know, there was anticipation, there was expectation, there was excitement about meeting. You know, when it comes to Jesus going back to the father, we never think of this. You know, just imagine what the father would have felt at that time when his only begotten son, who was sent to the world to suffer and to die, the son who committed himself to the father, who obeyed him even up to the point of death, was returning home. That must have been the sweetest of reunion. And I believe that that must have been the greatest of reunions that may have happened. You know, it also signifies a number of things, you know, going back, Jesus going back. You know, while it was greatest and sweetest, you know, God also was totally satisfied over the completion of the task that Jesus Accomplished, you know, the task that he, entrust, he had entrusted to him, and also it's meant that Christ glorified the Father by doing what He wanted Him to do. You know, when parents tell us to do something, you know, we may or may not do it, but when it's a difficult thing, you may shy away from that. But whether in business, you know, some of us are in business, or in our studies. Or in helping someone, our dad or mom tells us to do, but we, it's difficult, it's hard, but we make an effort to help that person to accomplish that task. And when our parents see that, they are not just satisfied, they are happy. You know, they're happy for you that you did it. And it brings them that honor. You know, they can say that my son, my daughter has done this, you know. We have many, many testimonies along those lines. And the other important thing about Jesus going back to the Father meant that it was going home forever. He was going to be there as, not as the son only, but as the judge, as the ruler of the world, as the mighty king. King of kings and the Lord of lords. That was the honor that he received because of accomplishing the task that God the Father had given him. So, his home going was part of uh, the ascension. The third one is, uh, ascension signifies Christ becoming our intercessor. It signifies Christ becoming our intercessor. You know, in ascending back to the Father after being human, experiencing human struggles and emotions, Jesus became an intercessor for us. If you read the following text, maybe we could read Romans 8.34. Romans eight. 34. It reads, who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died. And furthermore, he is also risen, who is even at the right hand of Father, who also makes intercession for us. See, Jesus, who was on earth praying to the Father for Himself and for his people around now has been now elevated to the kingdom to be right next to the Father. And he started praying for the people, for his people whom he had left in the world. So his, one of the jobs, I believe, Jesus does is to constantly think of us, his children, his people, and he's praying for us. But you see, it is not an open check. It doesn't go to anybody else. It only goes to the people who have a relationship with Jesus Christ. It is not for the man of the world. It is not for the one who rejected Jesus Christ or rejects Jesus Christ. But it is for the one who has a relationship with Jesus Christ. You know, when he was in the world, he said that, If you pray in my name, you will do even greater things than what I do. You know, he told his disciples. Because God has given that name, the only name on earth, by which our requests can be met by God the Father. Because that's the most powerful name. You know, when people are in struggle... Usually, when someone gets pain, you know, the person screams, Appa, Amma, Appa, Amma. You know, we always try to encourage. You know? <laughs> Brother Ajay knows, uh, just a couple of years ago, I had um, problems in the stomach, and I had to go for surgery. And the pain was just unimaginable. I have gone through a lot of pains in my life, uh, even through kidney stone. I, I know what kidney stone pain is. Um, but what I've learned in times of pain and struggles and difficulty is to call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. That's a name that is not only giving victory, that's a name that's not only powerful, but that's also the name that gives you healing and calms your worries. So, even as Jesus... Intercede for us to the Father. We have to qualify ourselves as his children, as someone who is related to him, who keeps a relationship with him. And how do we do that? We do it by our own prayer. Now, prayer is the one which connects us and God. Prayer is the means, cha- uh, means of communication with God. And when you say you love God, when you say you want to obey God, what is it you want to obey God? How do you love God? But Jesus was very clear when he said that if you love me, you will obey my commandments. Because that, that's how Jesus expressed his love for his father. You know, I love my father, and of course we are one, but I obey whatever he does. So our love is demonstrated in the fact that we are willing to submit ourselves to the will of God and We are willing to do what God would want us to do. Also, again, in Hebrews 7.25, we read that, Therefore, he is also able to save to the uttermost those who come to God through him, since he always lives to make intercessions for them. See, here we read that he is able to save those who come to God through Him. you see, Jesus is the only means of salvation. Jesus is the only means through it through whom we can go to God. We can have access to God. So you know, because of Jesus, we have so many benefits. And how do we look at Jesus? How do we relate ourselves to him? You know? When Thomas realized that he was indeed Jesus, he said, my Lord, my God. And Mary, when she met him at the tomb, he said, my Lord. You know, we can call Jesus my Lord when we experience the power that he has, not only in our lives, But in all our circumstances, however difficult it may be. You know, sometimes we get upset, you know, when we hear of all the shootings in the U.S. and so on. And the mothers, how much, what they go through, the suffering, the pain, you know, when you listen to the interviews and what they are saying, it's unimaginable. It's very cruel indeed. But one thing we know, our Lord Jesus Christ has gone through Such sufferings. So he knows our pain. He knows our suffering. And when we go to him, he is there to strengthen us, to comfort us, and to guide us through that situation. You know, when God said, I'll never leave you alone, he said, he didn't say that you won't have troubles. He says, you will have trials and tribulations in this world, but I'm going to be with you. I'll give you victory. I'll see you through that situation. So if you are somebody who is going through kind of any kind of challenge in your life right now, any kind of pain, please know that Jesus is with you. He's going to see you through. All that we need to do is to go to him, pray to God through that powerful name of Jesus Christ and keep your relationship with Jesus Christ intact. And the, the fourth thing is that ascension signifies the coming, rather pouring out of the Holy Spirit on Christ's disciples. So you see now the connection. We w- went from Jesus' birth, death, resurrection, and then we have come to ascension. But ascension is also going to be followed by another great event that is the giving of the Holy Spirit pouring out of the Holy Spirit which is going to be next week by the way today is Ascension Sunday but the actual day in the calendar is 26th of May that is the day of Ascension but this Sunday is Ascension Sunday and every year there is going to be an Ascension Sunday so I think we can learn to celebrate it better I hope Because this is not an ordinary day. It is an extraordinary day when Jesus went back to heaven to meet the Father. So the fourth point, the final point, is that ascension signifies the coming, rather the pouring out of the Holy Spirit on Christ's disciples. Now Jesus had promised the disciples of sending the Holy Spirit. Now we read it in Luke 24, 9. We read that Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endured with a power from high. Yes, Jesus fills his disciples and us believers with the Holy Spirit. But for what purpose is a question. Filling is okay, but what for? You know, at the wedding in Cana, jesus rather yeah jesus asked the people to fill the tanks but there was a purpose because he was going to do something about it he was going to turn water into wine so when god would want to fill his disciples including ourselves with the holy spirit what is the purpose now that we read in acts chapter 1 verse 8 We read that you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit had come upon you. Now mark the word, you shall receive power. Okay? And you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. You see, here we see the purpose of the coming of the Holy Spirit, the purpose of the filling of the Holy Spirit on disciples. See, God is always a God of purpose. When he does something in your life, in my life, there is a reason for it. That's why when things go right, we don't think so much. Ah, okay, we got it. We move on with that. We are happy. But there is a purpose. You know, when I got a world level scholarship, I'm not bragging here, but just to say the grace of God, God had a plan for me. To become a missionary in Africa, not to get a fine international level job, but rather to go to Africa to serve the people there, to serve the churches there. When God does a good thing in your life, please don't take it for granted. And don't think that you are achieved. God has a purpose for you in giving it out of His grace. Think about it and ask yourself. How am I going to use this that God has given me? Okay. At the same time, when things go wrong, that's not the end of the world because things keep happening all the time. You know, In the recent time, we have heard of so many deaths of good people, innocent people, and so on. Things keep happening. That is... Because this world is a fallen world. All these things will keep happening until the Lord returns. So we have to realize that, but at the same time, we should not kind of fall down and feel hopeless, because our God is God of hope. Our God is the one who lifts us when we are about to fall. Our God is the one who gives us strength when we are weak. Our God is the one who is going to see us through even the most difficult situation. So, when God poured out the Holy Spirit, there was a purpose. Now, I want to finish with this one. The purpose was for the disciples to become witnesses. Now, what is a witness? You know, this particular area of witnessing has been emphasized in our church. Quite a bit. And witnessing is nothing but to reach out. You know, witness is someone who has seen or heard or experienced something that had happened. Okay? That's a witness. In the court of law, they'll ask you, did you see this? What happened? Can you explain this? And so on. Okay? So, when we are witnesses, now we are witnessed what God has done in the lives of his disciples and what God is doing in our own life. The first question is that you may have seen things happening in other lives, God giving his Holy Spirit in the lives of others, but the question is for you and me to become a witness, you and I should experience it. Not only see or hear, you know, we hear a lot of preachings, even now you're hearing, but unless you experience the power of the Holy Spirit, you cannot truly become his witness. I can say it certainly. You know, I used to struggle a lot as a young person. Even after becoming a believer, after realizing God had a purpose for me, I still was struggling because becoming a believer is one thing, but living it out is another ballgame. Now when Armel was saying that there are people who do many things here but their life is not. See that's where we have to be careful. Knowing, understanding, accepting, excellent. That's all on a mental level. But when it comes to living, it's living it out to be a believer. To do the things which God wants you to do. And not to do things which are against God's will not things which will displease God. So that is where you need the power of both the word of God and the power of the Holy Spirit. So that's when I realized that I cannot make it on my own. And I saw some young people always meeting and praying and they're speaking in tongues and so on, and they said they were filled with the Holy Spirit and so on. But, you know, having done my master's at that level, my intellectual mind thing is it real is it true can this happen but i still was seeking to know the truth i was willing to try it out so one day i went to my room i talked to god god is this true if this is true let me also experience it i prayed and i prayed i prayed on my own because i didn't believe what they were doing but i wanted to know the truth and i was doing it i was filled With the power of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. So with God, you can be as honest as yourself. If you feel God is not doing good to you, tell God. You know, the thing is with God, he can take any kind of nonsense from us. He can, because that is God. That makes him God. To accept us as we are. However unruly we are. As long as we don't reject him as long as we are seeking to know the truth and seeking his will in our lives, seeking to find a way forward. Okay, so that's what happened. And that time I knew that there is the Holy Spirit. There is the power of the Holy Spirit. There is a filling of the Holy Spirit. But I, people scare others by saying that if you don't speak in tongues, you don't have Holy Spirit no, that is to me utter nonsense. Holy Spirit should not be equated to the speaking in tongues. Holy Spirit is much broader. He's much bigger than anything else. He's the one who reveals the truth to us and sets us free as we know the truth. He's the one who convicts us of all the wrong things. Who else tells us Your friends tell you, go to hell, you say, and keep doing. But when the Holy Spirit tells, he will disturb you to the extent that until you make a decision, he will not be happy. And Holy Spirit is the one who gives the power to do the things which you can't do it on your own. To say no to a guy who is asking you for a drink party. For binge drinking. He gives you the power to do that. So, what the Holy Spirit does is what we cannot do. Or he does something beyond what we can do. Something that is more than human. Something that is supernatural. That is the work of the Holy Spirit. So, when you seek for the Holy Spirit and when you receive him, you will know it. You will be convinced in your heart that Holy Spirit is with you. And that will qualify you to become a witness. There you become a witness to others. Witnessing what? Witnessing for Jesus Christ. Witnessing for his kingdom. Witnessing what he has done in your life. And witnessing what he could do in the life of the other person. When the person He's at the lowest lowest ebb of his life. God gives you the power and the words to speak to the person, to reach out to that person, to be a witness. But there are people by nature who who are always withdrawn, even when they receive the Holy Spirit. To take the first step, it's difficult for them. Some people will say, oh, no, 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 I'm not qualified. No, I, I can't do it. You know, the pastor is there, the evangelist there, or the church leader is there. He will reach out. No, I, I. No, all you need is a simple B.A. qualification, born again, in the spirit. When you have it, you can do it. God, will, you know, you keep praying, and God will empower you to do that. Okay, some people will say that no, I have to learn more. Some people, know. I know of people, as a pastor, I've seen people, they run from one meeting to another all the time trying to receive good things from them. But what they have done to others, you can't see anything. You know, they are only people you know, help get us, get us, getting all the time, receive us all the time, but not doing anything for God. That's not right. But when you receive the Holy Spirit, He will not only empower you, but He'll give you the courage and the words to speak to the people so that you indeed will be a witness for God. Thank you for listening to our sermon today with us. Hope that it was a blessing for you as well as your family. And if you would like to support our ministry, you can do so by visiting kingscitychurch.org forward slash gif. And we will meet you with another inspiring sermon next week. God bless you.